Yeah. Fashion. Fashion is danger. That's right. Have you got one of your little... Yep. So, um, on a Wednesday, I like to trim my shrub. <laughs> it's the failed Rockstar Club. Class, they all sound, they're starting to all sound quite sexual. Yeah, that's a part of my vibe. <laughs> it's genital. I was worried I was going to run out of ideas, but then I googled words rhyme ending in up, and there's a whole proliferate out there. Rather. That is why they invented the internet. Yeah, you even thought that, that was going to be a thing. You could actually google word, words ending in up, you can google anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> facts, hello everyone, welcome to the failed rockstar club podcast this is the podcast that talks to musicians about mental health their journey in music positive well-being and we like to have normally have a little dash of fashion this week is going to be quite a big dab more yeah more a splash of fashion a Mm. splashing if you will yep um so thanks everyone that does listen to us um regularly we've we've been doing all right we've kind of like kind of getting more and more people listening every week that's, that's really cool um, so yeah for those of you that do listen or are watching on there um, Failed Rockstar Club you can subscribe um, you can follow us on social media Best Days Vintage and on www.bestdaysvintage.co.uk you can subscribe to our mailing list and eventually we'll be kind of sending out kind of free content to do the podcast on that as well um, and you'll be getting loads of good value and things that is important Hell free. yeah, you will. Actual free. That, that's value. Yeah. Isn't it? Free. Mm-hmm. free you, you have to do absolutely nothing. And yeah. you get all this the only thing you quality do is content. Click one button. Easy. Yeah. So, um, first we'd like to kind of get up and running and ask you, Jez, how has your week been? The killer question. How has your week been? Yeah. We need a jingle for that, really. But, uh, well, I'd, it's been okay. You know... I had the week off before, so I'm back at work, back into that routine. I'm starting to get a little bit kind of, sort of Groundhog Day feelings. Mm-hmm. Just what song have you got? Oh well, the song is "Blue Bells" by Patrick Wolf. Remember him? Yep. Quite sort of extravagantly dressed. Remember the guy that was his drummer. Did you? Yeah, oh, London. There you go. Used to work in Stills. Can't remember his name. Okay. He fell asleep behind his drum kit in the gig. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> That's that's how good Patrick, yeah. Patrick Wolf is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's this, there's this one song, Bluebells, which I really like, of his. It's quite a dark dark song. It sounds like it's about kind of the end of a love affair. Mm-hmm. Very moody. It's got a Nick Cave kind of vibe. Anywho, uh, I, I need to pick Bluebells. It's more of a literal. Yeah, uh, I think I know why. Yeah, because I'd spent so much time. In the, I'm very lucky to have woods near my house, and the, the Bluebells have all come out, and it is stunning in there. But even that, I found myself at the weekend. Even that, I was like the sort of. I've been, I've been pretty, pretty much there every day, and now even that, even the majesty of nature, it's worn off. It's worn off, and I'm, just, you know, there's basically three walks we do, 
yep. from the house, and I'm just sick of all of them. I'm just really lacking the variety in my. Do you ever wonder like, if you lived in the area of natural beauty? Say you lived in Corfu <laughs> by the beach. Corfu, yeah. more like. Yeah. By the beach. Would I take for granted? Would the... you get bored of it after a while, and it would would lose all of its meaning? And is well, do you reckon part of the reason why it's stuff like that's exciting is because it's new? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I, that's a very good point. I think I, I think I would start to. Well, I like. To, I think the sea is different. The it sea, changes. Yeah, I guess, and because I don't know, I've I've just always loved looking at the sea, and I I don't think I get bored. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I've got bored of the woods. Know, imagine if you worked in a beach bar. Yeah. You know, people have that dream of going. I'd love to work in a beach bar in Corfu. You want to work Corfu? Uh, it could be Menorca, but I'm yeah. sticking with Corfu. One of the two. And you'd be like, eventually, you'd be like, you know what? It's just it's so normal to me now yeah, that it's lost any kind anything. of anything. Is there something you can think of in your life that you loved, and then when you got it, you you sort of started to take it for granted? This business. <laughs> sure, sure. Yep, friendships, uh, partners. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's just being a human being, isn't it? Well, it's what we, we spoke about this last week, didn't we? About yeah. how. You, just always want something different because I always think oh wouldn't it you know I was talking to my Joe Warner about this yesterday in our mm-hmm. Instagram live I'd be a lot happier if or when and that kind of mentality is not healthy no it's not because and then when you get it you I'd don't be really want... happy if I lived by the beach yeah always chasing something yeah I would but be then... lot, I'd be a lot happier when I get a bigger house or yeah. when I get a nicer car you should appreciate the actual chase rather than the well, uh... the journey yeah life is a journey Life is a journey. So how was how was your week been? My summed up in a song. Well, I've been yeah, I've been like looking looking at stuff really, and my song is Blur, Badhead. Because mm-hmm. I've been feeling. I mean, if, if you ever listen to this podcast, you can probably see my slow descent into depression over the, like each song I chose. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've had a shit week. Um, but I feel a bit but better ironically, now. you've been talking to lots of people about yeah. mental health, haven't you? Well, I feel better about it. A little bit better today, definitely. But I've made a few decisions, like I'm going to go to the doctors, that sort of stuff. I'm going to try and sort it out a bit more. Um, but yeah, it's like yesterday, I was, like I said, when I was talking to him about it, it kind of made sense, like that kind of thing, like, you know, no one's ever happy. They're always like wanting, like I said, I'll be happy if, or well, I'll be happy when. And it's not really a healthy way to live, and there's got to be better ways to kind of go about that, you know. Um, so that's why I, mean, I don't know. When you mentioned the beach, like always, I was always like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had a beach bar? But probably would take it for granted, you know. I know people that had a really beautiful motel in America. It's like amazing. I left, the, they sold it, and moved back to England. <laughs> and you're like you go, you've given up the dream well yeah but the, that's obviously the dream wasn't it's, well yeah it never lives up to the sort of fantasy yeah. version you have in your because head because in, in your mind you're living the movie yeah but the reality is the daily grind of I don't know that's just that for example I guess getting up making people their breakfast cleaning <laughs> yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff it's like so yeah it's like a kind of weird like concept I guess like that kind of where you go with it what you what makes you happy I guess I think just being aware of and taking steps to not take it for granted. Mm. I know that's easier said than done, but that's the way. Like, sorry, I apologise. Okay. It just I always think like, you know, go, how did you end up living in Colchester, for example, or of a whole world 
what you know, co- you know why Colchester or why I often ask myself that yeah I know but you think it's weird isn't it you think but does the place you live make a difference or is it that the people you're with that makes the difference to really you know you go oh, you know, a place in the sun you see all these people living their lives by the beach or whatever it might be and you think oh I'd love to live, like, live that life but if you lived it would would yeah would it make you happy yeah probably not don't know. Yeah, just that actual fact of geography, probably not, because there's more to it than that. Yeah, it's, it's your mental state, isn't it? Mm. Because you could live in what other people would deem paradise, but if your head's not right, yeah, if you're not haven't got the sort of emotional nourishment that you need to keep you happy, mm. it doesn't matter what, where you are, does it? What's the para- where would you say paradise is? Uh, for me, I guess bit yeah, sea, seaside, Corfu, <laughs> Corfu. <laughs> No, Custodial soul. Uh, no, not. Uh, you know where we went. It, I, don't, I wouldn't like somewhere too remote, but quiet. Yeah. Just yeah, somewhere that's quiet but not too quiet. Beach, wildlife. Bit Costa yeah. Rica. Mm, that's a bit too far away from okay. home, though. Right. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd feel France. too distant from the rest of my family. South of France, right? north of France, nearer. No, no, yeah, no. That's I don't know. It's no. a good question. I, I haven't really thought this through. No, I know. I'll go and come up with that for next. No. <laughs> next I week. Say, I was going to say. Imagine if you did say. I don't know Nigeria. <laughs> I was going to say. What's, have you ever met a what's depressed funny about that? Have you ever met a depressed Nigerian? Depressed Nigerian. Nigerian. Mm, I can't say that I have. No. But I don't. Zimbabwe in. No, I don't. I don't think I know anyone from Zimbabwe. No. Not through choice, like just, just I don't, just don't know anything. So if you are, a, if you are from Zimbabwe, if you're a depressed Nigerian. Please do get in touch. I'd love to talk to you. Yeah, but it's just like I mean, yeah, I don't know. But it's like you know, it's geography important. But anyway, um, this episode is. I don't know what we're going to call it. What have you got an idea? Uh, well, fashion, fashion, for f- 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 fashion, I guess, is what I'm going f- 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 to call it. Episode. Sort of the relationship between fashion and music, because I suppose primarily we've been talking about music so far in these podcasts, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the cultural pillars of fashion and music have always gone hand in hand. Yes. Uh, and I suppose they have always been important to us because ever since we've known each other, we've you know, music's probably come first, but fashion's a close mm-hmm. second, and they're yep. very much the, the fashion connected with the music and yeah. vice versa. So they're, they're very important to us, you know, and they always have been culturally. You go back from Blondie, the, the Beatles' mop tops through, mm. you know, Bowie in the 70s, Blondie, uh, you know, Madonna, the big shoulder pads of the 80s, mm. Cindy Lauper. When you think of those iconic images from all the eras you're probably picturing musicians aren't you it's f- yeah. films films or music but for yeah. me it would be music of the time yeah and is that you know which comes does the music then define the fashion or it's coming hand in hand don't they really because I think so. generally musicians are into artistic to creative and you know you want when you play your gigs it's because you're kind of hoping you're looking for a bit of recognition and normally that's two coming hand in hand with how you dress and how you want to kind of like present yourself and often bands will dress the same as well yeah and does that have often a deliberate choice or do you think it's because it's like they just rub off on each other 
Well, do you, I've always... I don't know that much about David Bowie, for example. I, I think of him as the classic kind of uh, fashion and music mm-hmm. going hand in hand. How much of his like fashion choices were chosen? Was that all him? Did he kind of handpick his outfits... Or design them, or did was did he have he was, did he work alongside people who sort of said you should wear this? this I always little... picture him as being more than just the mu- more than just the music. It was a kind of art project. Yeah, it was a kind of all encompassing kind of creative project that came with it. It wasn't just like I think I was going to wear that catsuit today, or you know it, the whole thing came together. It was like a kind of like just throw on an eye patch. Yeah, it was. There was a meaning behind what he was doing and why he was doing it. Yeah, and he was he was obviously very aware of how he was kind of perceived and yeah. how culturally important everything he wore mm. was. But I I often wondered like if say you know there's that element of manufacturing with a band like say someone like Harry Styles for example modern fashion icon he would say how much does he get told what to wear. How much is it his his personal creative choices, and should should that yeah. come into how you th- think about him? Does it bother you if, if he's got you know? I'm guaranteed he's got a team of stylists. Yeah, there's obviously been a conscious decision decision to kind of be like non-gendering of him, kind of almost like the kind of a modern day Bowie, a pop pop yeah. star Bowie, like the, how he's kind of like presenting his brand and like yeah. in the he's fashion you know fashion is almost as important as the music with him it, it seems to me yeah. get him on the front cover of magazines he's an, he's an icon as well as a musician yeah but do you think does that bother you? Uh, I don't have anything Inter- to do with his, his music really I don't have any connection with anything he does but I know my, our friends do yeah and they're quite fashiony and they always go this is cool he's sick look at this I think he's quite manuf- like Bowie was let's be honest Bowie was pretty man- I think he was pretty manufactured like maybe working with a team but nonetheless there was like a kind of concept behind what he was doing and then yeah I, I need to read up on him more Who? you know Harry Styles well, well both I imagine yeah. I, neither of them are watching <laughs> Styles will be Bowie probably struggling I mean yeah. it, you can get podcasts in heaven <laughs> sure although remember people forget about David Bowie that he had a little Hitler phase mm. so it's not cut and dried that he went to heaven that's not, not a slight against his music. Big fan of his music. Mm-hmm. But he did have a little Hitler, <laughs> Hitler phase. I like his little moustache. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can't decide how I feel about it. Like, if we'd... Uh, I just don't like the idea of like a marketing t- team sitting mm. with, with a, a creative person and saying, right, we, we think you should wear this. Do you and think we... the strokes were styled? Mm, see... Because they, so, they look so good. But was that curated or was that just their personal choices? Well, that's it. I, I like to think that's what they... They look like they just shopped at thrift, thrift shops yeah. like us. Mm-hmm. And so I like to think that's just, just how they dressed and they were kind of found, discovered in that fully formed, like in, the, yeah. in that look. But I don't know for sure, again. No. Well, exactly, yeah. It's hard to know, isn't it? Because then the cynicism in you starts like... Yeah, because when, when you sort of read up about, about that band, it was very much Julian Casablanca's project yeah he had i think he had that album sort of fully formed as an idea he knew what the influences were and he had this whole plan did he kind of build that band around did he pick like specifically i know there were people he knew but did he pick good-looking people who would look good in 
little little blazers. I don't know. I I don't think so, but how, it how won't do surprise any, me. How are any blinds formed? You know. Yeah. Like how they kind of end up dressed. Like I think of an example like um, band that used to be known from Colchester that have now moved to Brighton, Egyptian Blue. Mm-hmm. You see their you see their photos now and their image, and they're all dressing basically exactly the same. Yeah, and it's that long, age, long trench coats and that kind of almost beauty blinder kind of thing. Yeah, is that through choice or is that just through them hanging out so much together they're kind of rubbing off on each other? Yeah. Like did you did I rub off on you? <laughs> Or did, well, you rub, really... or did you rub off on me when we were in a band? That's a question nothing to do with fashion. That was, <laughs> that's more of a yeah. sexual preference, but we don't need to talk about that. That's a different episode. The sex episode. Just implied. Mm. Uh, yeah, good point. I think, well, me and you specifically in the band, I think without be, sounding big-headed about it, I think we kind of dictated the way the, the band way. looked because Dressed. we worked in... A vintage clothes shop, and it kind of so that thrift shop look. The small, like I mean, we were basically ripping off the strokes. Let's mm. be honest, but <laughs> even so, well, and that evolved, didn't it? We yeah. went into a more just, that's just what the fashion was at the time. Yeah, yeah. So then it became we were imitating Russell Brand. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, because even even before we worked in thrift stores, we was that was our thing, wasn't it? We were indie boys. We were indie boys, and indie boys shopped at second-hand shops. That's just that's just how it went. You either wore your dad's clothes, mm. so they looked a little bit retro. You went to a charity shop. Yeah. Or in those days, it was bloody hard to find vintage. There were vintage. Yeah, you had to go to London, pretty much. Going to a vintage shop in the old, in like the early like late nineties, early two thousands was a proper mission, wasn't it? It was an adventure. Yeah. It's for us. It was a big event. Yeah. Like we would meet. You'd have all your money, you know, you'd go, yeah. no, I'm going to go and buy four or five yeah. pieces today. I've got my Christmas money and my birthday money or whatever, or yeah. I've done a double shift at Sainsbury's. Yeah. Let's meet at, you know, Euston train station, and then we'll go, we'll yeah. go to Camden, mm-hmm. get a little, see what we can find. Yeah. And it, it was a big deal. Yeah. It was, and it was very exciting, you know. It's easy to forget that time of our life before yeah. we'd worked in that industry, yeah. like, which we now have for 20 years how exciting it was that's yeah. another thing about taking it for granted mm. we've, we've worked in vintage in the vintage clothes industry so long sometimes I mean sometimes we'll get a delivery and you be excited about it but yeah. I find myself shocked you know I don't buy as much as I and that's also part of age but you don't buy as much as say 18, 19 year old us no. think how excited we'd be at the Do you think because I always think that the difference in the world now is that was pre-internet really or yeah. right on the edge of it, yeah. pre-shopping online, generally. Yeah. And so in the, it was going to a vintage shop in those days was really exciting. Yeah. It was a real... It was an experience, Such an experience. Now, it's at your fingertips. You can go on yeah. bestdaysvintage.co.uk. <laughs> you can go on... Don't go anywhere else. Stop right there. Yeah. Why um, would you, you need can, another website? You can sit at home on, you can sit at your home on your phone. Going on bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Yeah. <laughs> wherever it might be. Um, and it's at your fingertips and it's so yeah. easy to do. I mean, you know, Depop, for example, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the novelty is completely, it's the, the industry is so just completely changed now. Yeah. That novelty, that real excitement about going to that shop and going to hide, find, hunting around and spending an hour in a vintage, small vintage shop. Yeah. Convenience has got a lot to answer for, hasn't it? In all parts of our mm. lives. But that, that is one very specific to us. Because it was, it was, it was like the highlight of, I don't want to say my year, that sounds a bit harsh to the rest of my mm. family, but, you know, when we would meet for, mm-hmm. it was every, like, day after Boxing Day, we'd meet, yeah. and you just had a birthday, yeah. 
and we you know had the Christmas holidays or whatever, so we hadn't seen each other for a couple of weeks. We Every year the meet. same. Yeah. <laughs> Every year the same. Still the same. It was, it, yeah. It was a lovely tradition. And we, then you would go to the vintage shops and rummaging. Mm. Like it was a real... Time in your hands. Yeah, a real you, treat. You had the attention span to actually decide to do it. Yeah. But now it's like you have this... You're, like, you're, you're lucky if you've got someone's attention for 20 seconds now. Yeah. But you'd stay in there and you'd, you know, there'd be cool music playing and you'd, you know, the person behind the till, you'd think, oh, how cool are they? Yeah. Or whatever. And it was a big... That's definitely changed in our shop. Yeah. <laughs> how old are they? That's yeah. a bit creepy, he still looks here. Yeah. It's just a different, it's a different way to consume vintage yeah. clothing, I guess. But there is still that, you know, and I, you know, we, working in the shop, we see people who still do like that. It's still a big deal to actually go through and rummage. And some people do stay there for a while and, you know, try a try a lot on and make it a real experience mm. but, it, but it definitely lessen, it's not the you, same as it was you do once. find sometimes in the shop you'll get families coming from South End for example and places they, that don't we've have come here, we've yeah. come to Best Days especially to, yeah. to and those sort of people will spend a lot more time in the shop because they've yeah. come especially like we would do we'd go especially and that was like a real treasured kind of time Yeah, but it's the little bit of kind of like taking for granted because it's on your doorstep all the time or yep. The products that you have, you can get on Depop, you know, or you can get all different places through the internet. It's like, which is why we've changed the way we do it with like more experience-based stuff. And it's yeah, we've had to evolve, haven't we? You have but, to. It, but it is lovely when you do see those. You, you know, it's usually a, yeah, like a teenage teenager with their parents, and you see that that sort of wide-eyed enthusiasm that yeah. you had when you were younger, yeah. and you get but that little. I see that myself. That, yeah, that was that was us. Yeah, I see myself in that. That oh, that way you are. You see yourself in them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't see myself in them. You see yourself in them. Yeah. It all depends on the emphasis of that phrase. Yeah. You've got to put it on the self. Yeah. Uh, do you remember, let, let's sort of think back to yep. your relationship with fashion. Okay. And do you remember, I suppose it's almost the question is, how did you become an indie boy? How old am I? Uh, well, well, yeah. You answer that. Uh, How old were you? And do you remember when you, was it a conscious choice to sort of start dressing in second-hand clothes? I can remember when music changed my life. I take me back, oh. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we're going. <laughs> I'm 15. I look like Rodney Trotter. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lanky beanpole. And so at that point, what are you wearing? Like, so what's uh, your so I. Re- Sportswear. I, I learned to play the guitar. Sports I casual. Twelve. I started playing it. Twelve. Guitar, 11, twelve. Footstool. Classical guitar. Yeah. And then I guess puberty started hitting me, and oh, I yeah. discovered Britpop. <laughs> and along with Britpop, I discovered the, the, the distortion pedal. <laughs> wow. And with that, my guitar playing plummeted. <laughs> And what, why was what because it covered up because yeah I just, you didn't I, have to be good anymore all, all I wanted to do was make a racket I mm-hmm. didn't want to finger pick classical music anymore I wanted to I wanted to be Noel Gallagher mm-hmm. I wanted to be the man from Northern Uproar <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be why? him from the Blue Tones no, no, you know, right. I don't know but yeah, it's, yeah and along with that heavy rock band the Blue Tones yeah it became this everything changed my whole everything changed like, and my friends, you know, we all started dressing, but we couldn't find the gear, you know, you saw these cool, mm-hmm. like, 20-year-olds, 20, 20 22-year-olds, you're 14, you're looking at these 20-year-olds thinking, fucking hell, they're so cool. But you couldn't find the, you couldn't find the clubber, so, yeah, step one was go for your dad's wardrobe. 
baggy jumpers and like yeah. duffel coats and that sort of stuff and and it kind of evolved from there so it took a it took a long time to kind of really get into knowing what I was meant to dress like yeah so there wasn't a coherent look it was just just any, anything yeah, old, I saw old photos you're like hell yeah Rodney Trotter <laughs> someone on Facebook um, my friend Ben Femme's sister she put a photo on oh yeah I of, saw that yeah I didn't recognise you no it's weird isn't it and I like a, I literally had one of those orange um, lined lining parkers on yep. head and shoulders above everyone else I think I'd I'd always assumed you were always kind of one of the cool kids at school, but no, that I'll, was <laughs> because it wasn't was like proven that wrong. At school, you know, because the cool kids at school, you you weren't like it was like grungers and ravers or whatever it might be, and yeah. so I was always with the kind of like the grunger kids, like me and my mates were like playing in our band, but it was never we never cool. We weren't uncool either. We were just the in between us, just yeah, in between us. But like that kind of thing, you know, sitting around your friends' houses, drinking tea or whatever, sneaking one small beer in, getting yep. pissed on like on a, on a stumpy, and like writing up a middle, whatever. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I don't think I I hit my straps until I got to uni, probably. Just when I started hitting my fashion straps, and like, yeah, and it's like so, so you're just just more comfortable. You knew you kind of knew what suited you. Found that more kind of cool thing. clothes. I was able to get cooler clothes and the vintage shops and that sort of stuff because I'd never even been to a vintage shop before. I hadn't even heard of a bloody thing. You know what, like, what was your first? What was your first one? You remember? I remember going into Rocket in Camden before I obviously worked there, and I bought some flares and a skinny American style T-shirt because that's well, that's like fifteen. But I moved, I've moved on to like when we knew each other let's say the 19 to 24 year, 22 year old Steve Angers when mm-hmm. we first got to know each other and we were wearing like flares we're very much in yeah massive flares yeah massive ones wankles um, yeah that's for those of you who don't understand wankles <laughs> which I'm just assuming people know what wankles are sure that's when you would wear massive flares that would cover your entire foot and so the flare was like rubbing on the on the floor on the floor and, and would gradually rip and wear away and they were so low so they would be going through puddles all and the time you'd always have wet yeah you'd have wet ankles it's a portmanteau version of wet ankles wankles <laughs> yeah and then ski jackets yeah and that was very much the kind of indie look at the time certainly was then the strokes came in and changed everything and the skinny the big vaggy flares turned into the skinny drain pipes and converse and tightly fitted blazers and leather jackets yeah and ties leather ties yeah skinny leather ties and I that, had one of them in every colour yeah big time and that was the look then that was very much that time's look and we were obviously very reactive with uh, yeah. with our looks to the and again same with our music we yeah. we didn't have the, that sort of confidence to kind of plow our own furrow because I mean what the Strokes were doing was picking like an era, an era from the seventies yeah and uh, sort of modernising it going for it yeah and going for yeah. it what this is what we should have been picking an era that we felt looked cool mm. putting our own twist romantic. on it the new romantic era. Putting our own twist on it and then yeah. just really going with that. We were, you know, mm. we were just, we've talked enough about how we were just band indie band. kids, weren't we? Just, a bit, yeah, just yeah. indie kids, just whatever everyone else was wearing, really. Yeah. But I, re- I remember a distinct phase where th- thinking, we, right, we, I don't know if it was us or somebody said, oh, we know who you should sound like, who no one else is sound like at the moment, the police. Oh. We could have really looked and sounded like the police and it could have been the cops. Been, <laughs> the cops yeah. and the thieves. 
What do you call yourself? Well, we've got a delivery, haven't we? Yeah. So, just say so for con- uh, we are in our warehouse and we're just about to receive a delivery. I think from a. But luckily, Freddie's here to uh, take it on board. He's up on the. Yeah, and that that look then turned into the uh, Russell Brand era. Yes, the Libertines. Well, that was kind of a sort of strokesy. The leather jackets were still there, weren't yeah. they? And the little—it was kind of an offshoot of Strokes. Yeah. And I think they would—they would admit that they were kind of them and the Arctic Monkeys were very much disciples of the Strokes. Mm. It was kind of the next generation. But yeah, the Russell Brand thing, because you at the time, well, both of us, in fact, used to get Russell, Russell Brand shouted at yeah. us in the street. He had that very distinctive waistcoat with a white shirt underneath. Yeah. Look. There he goes. Yeah. <laughs> this is good quality content right here. Yeah. Don't do the voice though. <laughs> Please don't do the voice. Though. Just getting the delivery, listeners. I suppose Steve might edit this out. But if he doesn't, something about a parcel. I don't know what's so important to talk about. Just sign it. Yeah, sign it and leave. We've just had a delivery of vintage, quality vintage clothes. Yeah. I imagine hand picked. No less. Cool. But. Yeah, yeah. Talk so much. Yeah, normally they just. Isn't he on a I mean, it's schedule? lockdown. It's meant to be lockdown. You shouldn't be rabbiting. Cool. Yeah. During that, oh, I thought I, had, I think I feel like I had a question. During that time, the stroke. Oh, I remember in Liverpool, I got called. Hey, it's Russell Bland. Russell Bland. Russell Bland. There yeah, he is. I think that might, they might have just. I remember, I remember you used that. to be shouted at by whoever was like in the public eye at the time was who they would shout at. Shout at me. So sometimes, like you'd be shout, people would shout at you, Liam Gallagher, and sometimes people would shout at you. Oh, it's Pete Doherty, Casablancas you yeah, had for a while. Casablanca, I was happy with that. Yeah, I was. That's a man. Yeah. What does that that says to me? That there's a lot of idiots who only know like one, one vaguely indie person yeah. at any time. Yeah. B, you've got a very malleable face yeah. that can fit any look. Yeah. And now, recently, the other day, I got shouted at some called Quasimodo. <laughs> You might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Elf Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Peace out, Mother Crushers. I'll let you be the time with that. Oh, the mighty have fallen. Yeah. yeah, well, I hope you haven't taken that personally, because... Well, Henry sent me a photo of Quasimodo and went, there's the face. <laughs> Right. For those of you who don't know, Henry is our almost constantly piss-taking friend. Acquaintance, I call him. Yeah. Just some bloke I know. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, it's like... And that, that fashion of the Russell Brand thing is very much New Adventures, wasn't it? That kind yes. of 
uh, almost kind of, grandeur. Yeah, sort of Victoriana kind of yeah. formal wear, but mm. with back combed hair. Yeah. We, should, yeah. we should probably do a haircut episode because there we were some absolute well. freaking shockers in that. But That's yeah, true. and then as time's gone on, I think it's probably fashion is changing again now. Like sportswear, like we are now, I'm up to 35 to 40 year old times. Do you find that you are still trying to look? How yeah? How much do you now care about fashion, and do you try and stay? You know, do you try and stay relevant with current trends, or do you? Have I you, you feel desperate? No, I, I definitely stuck in still living in that kind of 2000s-y kind of look. Huh? <laughs> As of right now, I'm wearing a leather, like, leather biker jacket. That's true, you are very classic rock. Yeah. Well, it's no, time, don't always timeless. Story, but I just, no. just had it on today. But you've definitely adapted more to the trends that are happening now. Yeah, well, I feel like I'm much more of a try-hard, aren't I? So yeah. I've, I think I'm very aware that I work alongside young people mm-hmm. and so I think that influences I think if I worked in an office I would probably not wear a suit you probably have to wear a suit wouldn't I what, in an office where you can wear what you like okay. I probably would I don't know it's hard to say because I don't like the idea of that just giving up you see men specifically men mm-hmm. who look like they've just at some point stopped caring and I know you shouldn't care what other people think you know, really, but I don't like to see a man who's like sort of let go. Let himself go. Because once you kind of let go of the fashion, then what? You know, what's next? Yeah. Then it's the beer belly. It's the haircut. Then it's the haircut. And but then, then do before you, what you know, about it, the other side of the coin, the yin to yang. <laughs> yeah. What is it? The tryhard. The, the old rocker dude mm. that looks more like a tramp now than does <laughs> like cool. Yeah. Well, that I mean, that's a that's a very specific niche of yeah. still trying to that, I mean that's not relevant well, that, is you it you know you see like older people that are kind of dressing still like they're mods or like Paul Weller guy yeah or like goths go, yeah, yeah okay goths there are very long haired metal whatever it might be they, in leather biker jackets in the 40s these are people who have ste- that's been their look the whole time yeah we, whereas we have kind of slightly evolved yeah. like, we, like we said we've gone on a fashion journey if mm-hmm. you will and musical journey they're, you get the impression they've listened to mod music and dressed like that since they were 14 yeah. and have stayed consistent. Yeah. Same with the metalers, same with the goths. Yeah. I think you have to sign some contract in blood okay. when you're a goth, age yeah. 16, yeah. which means you will never take the black off. Okay. Otherwise, they steal your soul. Okay. I know it. Goths could let us know if that is a real thing. I'm sure it is. Mm. You won't be out at the moment because it's sometime. What about if you see it? I like to see like I like to see people make the, like still look good, you know. You know like, I can't see why you can't. I mean, it doesn't take much. Say, it's one person's looking good as another person's scruffy. Well, bike. that's that's true. That's true. But I I do. You know, when you see a cool older guy. Yep. How old? old? How old? Is I old love it. <laughs> Anything from uh, mid thirties to fifties, I guess. Okay. You did then. They're rare. Yeah. But you, you notice them. I really enjoy them. Yeah. Because I, th- yeah, I guess that's you think. Well, that's the benchmark, isn't it? I can, you can, you can, still, do you it. can still look cool at in your fifties. I like the guys who do that sort of Carhartt thing, you know, not the man Tricky Trevor, no. But there are s- certain guys who have that kind of. They have obviously like the fifties rock and roll look. I have to get the impression, but I think that's quite a strong look to take into your mm. into your late years. Even if you're going a bit craggy faced, yeah, grade. 
Yeah, I think you can still pull it off, yeah. craggy faced. Yeah, that's the key. I think hair, especially, is the one. You know, at what point does so many men just get to that age and they just think I've got to have that old man haircut and that that dad, mm. that cliche dad look, and just. <laughs> it's my wearing a cap. I actually would fucking look like I caught sight myself in the mirror. I look, you know that bit in Breaking Bad where it sort of like flashed forward it's like the beginning of that series and he's in the diner and he makes the, the bacon into like 51 yeah, yeah 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 and he's been in like that log cabin for yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a year I fucking look like that at the moment mm. I need I think the wife's going to cut my hair tonight oh well, yeah. yeah could go either way mm. but that's what hats are for you just yep. wear a hat if you don't you know yeah well there'll be a lot of people in lockdown like that at the moment yeah everyone's going to look like I saw some meme or whatever it was about how everyone's going to look like the fourth Harry Potter film where they all had that crap teenage hair that I definitely had you know where it's bit, it's not long but it's not short and it's just a helmet it has, it's got no no product in it no yeah just dry oh, pain, no product that painful um, yeah that painful brick pop haircut where yeah. it's like written, there's no layers in the hair and it's yeah. no product and it's like really washed and flat yeah it's kind of almost just saying I am I listen to I take music seriously yeah but I haven't I still quite worked out seven. yeah yeah. I haven't quite worked out how to it's not really a haircut it's just some hair yeah. that you've grown you've done nothing to it but it looks vaguely kind of mm. counterculture I guess yeah sure uh, I think that's kind of the fashion, like our journey. I mean, that's our like our different ways of wearing fashion. Britpop, what about that? We go flip back to when you're 16 again. How did you first get into? Yeah, shots? well, it, let's see. It was all t- it was all tied into Blur. I don't want to go back to that, but I it's it's my touchstone. Part life hit the streets mm-hmm. in a big way, and I my sister had it, and I <clears throat> stole her copy, listened to it, like looking at the pictures in the sleeve. Yeah. Cut out. I remember cutting out. You know that Britannia Music Club where you could get five, oh yeah, yeah five yeah. CDs yeah. for the price yeah. of one when you yeah. joined, but then yeah. you were, had to subscribe and you ended up owing your mum loads of money. Yeah, how many did that? I cut out the like picture of them from that, stuck it on my wall, and that was like kind of my. I was always trying to recreate the looks in that photo. Did you ever like, find a Harrington with a check yeah. inside? Yes, I certainly did. Beige. What did you find out? Like Albarn in, in an Oxfam. Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah. It hit the motherload. Always looking for Fred Perry polo yeah. t-shirts, vintage ones. Mm-hmm. Found a few of them. Yeah. So I, it was just charity shops. My dad didn't have anything. He had like polo shirts, but yeah. just like no brand, Basic, sensible, yeah. sensible moss green, <laughs> Marks and Spencer's one. Yeah. But still, to me, that was like. I mean, it looks. All I was trying to do was, I guess, stand out. It was. Mm. It was like a signifier that. Oh, he's oh he's a little bit different. Yeah. Because uh, you know, Everybody I'll freely is. admit, I wasn't very handsome. I had a big nose. Wonk, and at the time it was much more Steve Grizovich wonky okay. worse than this straightened out <laughs> I, just, it, I think it naturally straightened out it was just oh. one of those gifts but yeah I think it got I got hit in the face with a rugby ball okay uh, so it looked, I was you know proper specky or mm, well this, the specs were actually connected to this whole thing because oh, tell them the um, actually that's a good story yeah that's I mean going flying all, all that has defined my life essentially you know I always talk about how my whole life has been a Graham Coxon tribute mm-hmm. act yep well so I wanted to wear glasses like him and this was in the days where I couldn't for the life of me find any pre I couldn't you just find them on the internet now but clear lens spectacles couldn't find them I had a friend who was an optician who promised she would, could get me some like display models she never came up with the goods Susie 
if you're listening. Yeah. You won't be. Uh, so I went to the opticians to have yeah. my eyes tested, and they said you're very, very slightly short-sighted. You don't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, come on, mum, I'm getting some glasses. Yeah. So I chose like the big. They're big. They're more Jarvis Cocker than Graham Crossan, if I'm, I'm completely honest. But you know, at the time, it was just anything Britpop would yeah. do, really. Yeah. But uh, Coxon was the real icon for me, uh, and but so I wore them all the time. I was only meant to wear them to like go to the cinema or you know if I was right at the back of a big classroom. But I wore them all the time, and so whenever I took them off, I couldn't see. So gradually, my eyesight got worse and worse to the point where now I'm quite severely short-sighted. You see, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, Graham Coxon, my hero once came into the shop where me and you worked. In fact, it was, it was a day when I wasn't there, wasn't it? And you told him this okay. story. Yeah. And he called me an idiot, didn't he? Yeah. Here's a few times he's insulted him. Yeah. yeah. Time. There's a time that, um, just to fill the dead air with Graham Coxon, I made some, he was looking at cowboy boots, and I said, I bought some cowboy boots, and he made me walk like, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> <laughs> you Even though like complete bollocks, I mincy just, yeah, sounds. mincy, yeah, yeah. mincy along with wearing cowboy boots, and he said, "That's not their cowboy boots. That's something what's inside of you." <laughs> and I just yep. made it up. I literally never even worn cowboy boots, but just just just, just to make conversation with him. Yeah, and he once came in during the time when he'd left Blur. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, we um, cr- that was a cringe off moment. That one. We. Listen to nothing but Blur all day because we were going to see him. It was the Think Tank tour when he wasn't he when wasn't he wasn't there. there, and it all ended a bit acrimoniously. I think he had drink problems or whatever. Yeah, and he came down the stairs in this is in Rocket. We're playing this is a low. Yeah, this is a low was playing, and he heard it because he used to come to the shop. Yeah, relatively. I, I was playing a guitar with a coat hanger, and I put a bit of <laughs> yeah. an elastic band between the two hooks of the coat hanger to make a noise. And I was like giving it. It was during the solo, and I was giving oh. it the big ones. And he came down the stairs, and he went straight back up the stairs <laughs> as soon down. as he heard it. And walked out, yeah. and then I think I genuinely think for ages he didn't come in after that. No, because then, he used to come in quite regularly, didn't he? So yep. it was always exciting when he came into yep. the shop. Oh, it was proper like just pinch yourself for yeah. me. Like it was like it was like it was like catch your breath, wasn't it? Yeah, like the first couple of times it happened, I was genuine like shakes, yeah. and then you gradually get your shit together. Like I remember yeah. once he bought his daughter a load of stuff, and I left all the tags on, and he had to leave, and the alarms went off because <laughs> oh, you were really, flustered. Yeah, I was all flustered. It was really embarrassing. Mm. But then, then he came in a couple of times later, and I was playing some of his solo stuff, yeah. and he was on Cloud Nine. He yeah. couldn't, he couldn't believe it. Yeah, he was like, he hadn't, he obviously hadn't heard it for ages. It was yeah. like one of his first yeah. albums, and he went, "Oh, this sounds like Dinosaur Junior." <laughs> like just, just exactly how you'd want Coxon. To sound. To yeah. sound, and it was just a lovely moment. But it was so cool, because he'd like got to know us a little, <coughs> not, not like friend-friend, but he'd, he'd always come and say, he'd always say hello, wouldn't he? We'd yeah. Come in and we'd, or we'd say hello to him, more likely. Yeah. yeah. But it was a proper buzz. What about when, when Tom, Tom York came in for the first time? Yeah, we're just going for our celebrity name drop moments now. <laughs> yeah, Tom York, who is, I guess, the, my other biggest hero, yeah. he came in, he had, a go, he had a pop at me. He had a pop at you, didn't he? If I yep. the champ. Not you personally, but... Well, yeah, it was more of the pop at the shop, but yeah. we, on, on the little tickets in, the, in Rocket, this was, yeah. it advertised everything as a second-hand yeah. dry-cleaned garment. Yeah. But we were selling these leather jackets that were, uh, uh, like, just retro-looking, but they were actually new. Yeah, those T-shirts, wasn't it? Those, like, T-shirts. No, it's those, you remember those leather jackets? Oh, yeah, yeah. That we had, that we yeah, had loads yeah, of. Yeah, those, like, bombery... Yeah, yeah bomb, bomb jackets, yeah. yeah. And he said, uh, so is this dead, dead stock, like, 70s dead stock or whatever? 
And I went, oh, no, no, those are new. And he went, well, it says here on the label, this should be second hand, you want to get this changed. And like, it was like, classic, again, classic Tom York. That's how you want Tom York to be. He's out of like, order. Didn't he say you out of order or something? Yeah, he said, he said it was out of order, yeah. And even though it was, you know, sort of taking a pop, <laughs> it was... Uh, yeah, take a day off. Take a <laughs> yeah. day off, Bob. No, but it was kind of comforting that he's true to his, you know, his green, yeah. his green roots. He's not faking that. He, he really does care about the environment. Maybe we should, do, nice. we should do a celebrity name drop episode. Oh, we got some stories, boy, haven't we? Yeah. Slater. <laughs> Knightley. Christine Slater, yeah. Penelope Cruz. Yeah. Natalie Imbruglia. Yeah. There are others. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, I want to go to uh, one of the things that you put on this list. Best dressed bands and pop stars. Give me a top two. Make it easy. Well, for me, well, we kind of mentioned all the, the, key, the, the key names. I know you like the blondie, the blondie look. I like, yeah. I like the Ramones, yeah. fashion-wise. Very simple, but yeah. iconic. Yeah. Could be a Ramone, couldn't he? Yeah, fat one. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the strokes are, are key. With Blur... Who's it, your favourite dress member of Blur? Cockles. Cockles Always the Cockles, on. yeah. Just you know that star-shaped video, yeah, yeah, where that was the kind of sort of tour film of them between like ninety, ninety one and ninety three. Mm-hmm. So they went through the proper modern lives rubbish mods suits phase with Doc Martens. Yeah, just used to be obsessed. And you know, Cotton's had got that blue sort of boating blazer. Yeah, yeah. For years, I was like after that, after one of those. Yeah, you ever find it? Never did. No. Remember, I got that brown one. Yeah, that was way too small. He's <laughs> more me, and that kid was doing a uni project, and he took a picture of us, and that's what I was wearing. But it was way too small. I always regret that. Oh well. Mm. What about you? Good question. Who do I like the look of? That's not obvious. This is dead air. Yeah. Uh, you and I both know dead air is a crime. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of them. I should have. I should have thought of it before I even asked the question. Yeah. Well, we we kind of talked about the ones that we we were influenced by. Yeah, so I guess they were our yeah our favourites. Who who do you think we? I suppose Bowie's the one. That's the one I I think of when I think fashion and music yeah. hand in hand. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, I, whether or not I think he's best dressed, I don't know because I wouldn't dress like him. No, he's I suppose most iconic. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one we've like gravitated towards in like imagery in the shop and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Got a big mural of him in, in the shop, if you didn't know. What about fashion disasters? Let's talk about that. Um, I think t- the passing of time, naturally... There's a lot of photos I see of myself. Like, and I think, fuck me. What was that about? Mm. I think a lot when I was a lot younger, when I was still trying to find my way in, way in the world, I guess. Haircut disasters is more kind of like a thing. <laughs> yeah. For us, yeah, the helmet hair era, and then the asymmetric, the hair ultimate era warrior, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the fact, but the fact that nobody at the time. On, do you look back on the new adventures look and think that was cool, or do you think that was a bit tryhard now, with all the kind of like braces and the shirt and the kind of waistcoats? It, it does. It doesn't look that kind of natural to us. It kind of looks like we are. It is a bit sort of that we had discussions about it, yeah, which we did. Yeah, we very much had stage wear, didn't we? It was almost kind of like putting on a. Yeah. That was almost like an arcade fire thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Again, we were ripping off, <laughs> ripping off bands who were big at the time. Yeah. But 
the, you know, I think it's I think it suited us, but yeah, I don't think it looked perfect as natural perhaps as it could have been. I'm not sure. I enjoy, again, but I enjoyed it at the time. Mm. No one at the time was saying, and we weren't saying at the time, oh, we look fucking stupid. Okay, what about this one? We had tour jeans. Yes, yes, we did. Yep. And we, every single place we played, people we would get people yep. to draw and write over our jeans. Yeah, that's true. Now, every gig we played. Well, they were sort of that, Levi's that kind sort of, thing, of in, they were rocket customised skinnies. Yeah. And we got people, and they were covered in like graffiti and drawing. It was like this sort of last day of term look. Yeah. You know where people do that with their shirts, but it was on our jeans. Do you think that was good? <laughs> I'll tell you what it was. Stinky. Yeah. It was very smelly. It was kind of, I suppose it was like the first kind of, like the whole idea is basically kind of like being part of something. Like yeah. People were kind of like basically putting ownership over you almost. Yeah. Like getting them to write on you, it was kind of like an ownership thing. And, and it was a sort of diary and a document of the yeah. tour. And when, the guy, when the guy wrote G-Flex, I'm going to cut you yeah, so I made friends with a sort of ex-football hooligan yeah. called G-Flex, who would often carry a blade. Yeah. And he just, he simply wrote, G-Flex, gonna cut you. Over your inner thigh. Yeah, <laughs> it was. There was definitely a tension. And we had to us. play, on that tour, we were wearing them all the time, every gig we wore them. We yep. had to play a gig in a denim, denim jeans shop oh, yeah. in Carnaby Street. Yep. And they made us wear a pair of their denim jeans. Yep. Well, we were gifted a pair of jeans. We got to pick a pair of jeans each. But we had to wear them for the gig. Yeah. And I, I always regret this. We danced with the fake mud stain. Yeah. Mine had a fake mud stain <laughs> sewn into the knee. Yeah. What's that about? Mm-hmm. So I think... Well, who was that company? Lee. Lee, Lee jeans. Was yeah, it, it was the Lee, Lee, Lee yeah, shop on Carnaby Street. Jeans in Carnaby Street. And they went... They in, the, in the shop window. In the shop window, didn't we? Yep. It was boiling hot. And we couldn't hear ourselves really because the that was, that was rubbish. there were no monitors. Yeah, and we we took our tour jeans into the into the onto the into the window with us and hung them. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Yes, we did. They're very important to us. Yeah. What a weird time of our lives. Yeah. But I mean, that's the kind of weird thing that you do when you're a bit younger yeah. and you think it's cool at the time. Yeah. A bit libertinesy, wasn't it? I guess. Yeah, it's... it was that trashy thing, and I think we were just sort we of reveling like, in being a... a like heroin addicts. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I remember there was a, a bit in the middle of that tour and my wife came to see us and she says she'd n- never seen me look so ill. Mm. I was sat in like a, a rocking chair <laughs> in the corner with a blanket on. I went to go and visit her. She was mm. staying with her friend. Mm. And, and yeah, she said I'd never looked so bad. That's good. Morale boost in the middle of the tour. <laughs> but I did feel fucking rough. But, yeah, yeah we, just, I think it's, we were sort of revelling, living in our own shit, I guess. Well, like you just pigs. kind of embraced it, didn't you? It was like that kind of like... I had a pair of boots that had like um, gaffer tape gaffered around them because they were falling apart. Yeah. It's yeah, that it's kind of part, trashy kind yeah, of Yeah, it's all that part, it sort of DIY. Yeah. Slept in a van look. Yeah. I wouldn't change it. Uh, should we go on Too Bad for Life? I think we should. I think, I would think we've hmm? successfully so, defined what yeah. fashion and music So this to us. is our regular feature called Band for Life. Right 
Jess, can you tell everyone what it is? So Band for Life slash Band for Life uh, is our regular feature where we get somebody to pick two bands, one band that they could listen to for all eternity, uh, just that one band or artist, and then the other band is someone they would ban for life, erase from existence, if you will, like in that film with that guy in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week I asked our good friend Raph, who we used to be in a band with. Raphael Knapp. Raphael Knapp. Raphael. A.K.A. <laughs> Ralph DeQuila. <laughs> yeah. Sure, that we used to have a phase where we all had uh, alter egos in the band, and he... I don't think I did. You know, you, you didn't do one, did I you? I thought it was, yeah, a bit pony. Yeah. So Raph had um, Raph DeQuila, but they <laughs> spelt it wrong, and they wrote um, Ralph the DeQuila. We took it so seriously, it was literally in the sleeve of our first DP, wasn't yeah. it? I think he was listed as... What were you? Did you have one? No. Jerry Dicko. Yeah, I mean, he was an alter ego, but yeah, I didn't really talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> For various reasons. I think it wasn't our drummer at the time, he thought my name was Spencer. So people... Spencer. <laughs> remember, Prance used to think my name was Spencer, so he would call me Spence for a while. So I think yeah. I, I was just listed as Jez slash Spencer. Okay. So I was kind of an alter ego. Anyway. Jamie, did Jamie have one? I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. But I can't remember what it was. But I bet it was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I forgot to tell you, Matt was... Matt, your brother, you remember he yeah. rode for us I've for a while? Of him. Yeah. He, two things, he found a, yeah, he, a drawer with a load of old like, stuff from his, like a sort of memory box drawer by the side of things. He found a, t- a Reagan t shirt, yeah. which was tiny, yeah. uh, cropped. Uh, and he also found a, a diary that he kept from when he toured with us. Oh. But he said it was so cringe, like written like a child, yeah. that he, he threw it away. It yeah, he, I desperately wanted access to it. But. Mm. Sadly, it's been destroyed. Anyway, Raph's choices. You're not looking at the... Uh, yeah, but I can't... I, I suppose know. you don't know which is which. No. Unless you actually can't pick me. up read my handwriting. Uh, so, the Claxons. The Claxons. And Mr. David Gray. <sighs> which, which way do you think he went? Oh. Babylon! Yeah, I think... I'm surprised either of them would be his band for life. Me too. I mean, I'm genuinely surprised, but I'm going to say that his band for life is David Gray. Mm-hmm. And he's banning the Claxtons. The Claxtons, yeah. yeah. You're correct. You always get these right. Yeah, but that was close because I was like, surely not. I know, of all the people, he's chosen David Gray. I know. Cause I didn't know the, he had The man such... that invented the fuck note, I mean, I was surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. But I still remember him, I can't remember him listening to a bit of David Gray. I think... This is one of those like kind of big cultural phenomenon albums that I didn't that like, passed me by. What's uh, it called? It's, you know, White Ladder. White Ladder. Big that's album. It. I was going to say White Lies. That's Ladder. the album that Raph specifically name checks. Mm-hmm. He says White Ladder is in his top ten albums of all time. It reminds him of uni and gives him a happy feeling, and he finds it calming. Okay, David Gray. David Gray. So. Yeah, that's, that was a massive album, like multi-platinum. But I, Matt loves that album as well. Yeah, I, it passed me by. I, I only know Babylon. Yeah. This year's love is peddling. Is it like peddling or is that no, just what we say? That's what we sing. This we, year's love is heaven sent. This year's love had better last. Is oh, the, this like year's love had better last. Heaven knows it's hard time. Yeah, okay. which well, that's a good song, to be fair. Yeah. And Babylon is good, but I don't know that album at all. That's the only two. I mean, I don't be must know more, but if you're going to ask me right now, I wouldn't. 
But yeah, it's one of those big albums that passed yeah. by. There must be others. Oh, it's but, nice. I'm glad. Again, interestingly, it's, it's because he's got this. He's got this association. Nostalgia. Happy time in his life. Yeah. And that's yeah. For, I think albums. Playing chat manager. Yeah. Yeah. In his dressing gown till four o'clock. Listening to David Gray. Probably similarly to what he's doing now. Taking Cambridge United up to the Premier League. <laughs> what a season. Yeah. But yeah, and the Claxons, are, he would ban, erase from exis- existence. Is that because of his connection with them, because of Jamie and stuff? Uh, I think to a degree he said it reminds him of the worst bits of going to clubs like White Trash and Heat. Okay. Which, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, were sort of hipster clubs... In the early 2000s that we would go to oh, every, pretty much every week. frequented. And I suppose he means the, the kind of too cool for school Attitude. element of it, like mm. feeling like you've got to Go listen on. to the right records. And, and you've got to dress the right way. Dress the right, the right way. Haircut, and yeah, and he got, didn't have any of those things. You've got, <laughs> you've got to fit in. Yeah. And I think we all felt like that to a degree. I, yeah. I certainly did. I was, I didn't, you know... You'd go there and you wouldn't know the songs. You'd be like, oh, "Fucking hell, I feel like a fraud," mm. and you feel like you're being judged. When the Claxons one come on, you'd know that one. Well, yeah. It's popular. <laughs> yeah, true. I know this one. Yes, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. I know. I know. Nick used to always. Yeah, our drummer used to because feel he didn't that know way. the songs. Yeah, yeah. I, do, we, I do agree with that. Every now and then, you'd know a song you recognised. Yeah, you'd really cherish it to yeah. a degree because we at work we've had some hipster mates, so we kind yeah. of probably know more of the songs than they did. Mm. But I, know, I still, I still to a degree, I. No, completely. But he said they epitomise the industry hype band, as it, I think he means like a band that there's style over substance. They're being championed at that time, but to sell magazines. He's but. not alone. I read an interview with Jamie. Is he the one that's married to Kieran Knightley? Yes, I believe so. One of them, isn't it? I think it's Jamie. The one, the sort of big one, was the the brains behind that band. It was kind of almost like he put them together. He wrote all the songs. He decided there'd be this. But he's releasing a solo album, and he was being. What the Kieran Knightley one? Kieran Knightley. Oh, okay. And he basically agrees with you, Raph, that that he there were some real highs and some real lows, but they were like the hype band side of things and they found it really difficult to kind of cope with that kind of well, thing any band that's tied to a specific fashion yeah like a trend thing that new they were deemed new rave they were kind of the biggest of the new rave bands yeah and if you're tied to a, such a sort of distinct clique as soon as the next trend moves on you're going to be forgotten about you're, you're out of fashion essentially well, like fashion is like that as well exactly so the lesson there is to don't tie yourself to any one scene mm. Because it, the scene will move on, and you'll they, be stuck. They cash cowed very quickly, and then then trying to keep that going is very difficult. Yeah. And yeah, he was, he looks back. He's got. He, I can't. I, mean, I, I didn't read it in detail. I'll be honest, but he was. I think he feels very similar about it. It took him a long time to get back into music after kind of like how he the mental health side of it. Well, it would. I. Um, he pulled Gary Knightley, so I mean, he's, he's reaped the benefits. Mm. And at the time, being that young, he must have been having the time of his life. Mm. For some of it, think we know the flip side. Drinks and all, that, all the stuff that comes with that side of things was not drugs. Surely not. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Allegedly. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good that he's. Just the second Claxon's a bit taken a beating. Didn't they get in band for life? Didn't Lee Lee, Lee Wakefield put? Them? No, he was the Kooks. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay, the Claxtons. There you go. Yeah. I don't think they got a couple of good tunes. Yeah. To be fair, uh, worth listening to. Do, 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 do. That was a cover one. That was a cover. Yeah. So no, about no, rainbows. Gravity's rainbow. Yeah. yeah. Is that woo, 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 
What's that one? I'll let you, I'll let you work it out from that bit. Yeah. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this week's Feral Rock, Rock Star Club. Oh, I did want to say, we want you to send in your biggest fashion disasters. But I'm going to put that on the Best Days Instagram page, and then we can sort of talk about the, mm-hmm. our favourites next week. But, you know, I need to yeah, tell you this, that here. Um, yeah, so, um, again, it's the podcast that talks to musicians about positive well-being, mental health, their journey in music and fashion. Um, you can subscribe. Please do, because that's keeps us kind of going and obviously we it's like we talk about the business as well so bestdaysvintage.co.uk um you can go and get third rockstar club merch um products on there as well which we have available um you're only a failure if you don't try so get out there and do something make something happen because it's all about the journey you go on um and i think obviously what we spoke about at the beginning of the podcast i think it's really important to say that as well that it's not being happy if or when it's the journey you go on should be the kind of like the the experience you have totally telling myself that as well yeah <laughs> listen to your own advice yeah yeah, yeah. cool um, and, and find us on all the socials Instagram Twitter and the other lesser known TikToks and yep Snapchats and you can go onto the Best Days Vintage mailing list as well and you can um, subscribe to our mailing list as well um, and we're going to try our best to kind of like start creating content for that soon as well um, but in the meantime, stay safe, stay two metres apart, rubber up. And always rubber up, yeah. Goodbye, I love you, goodbye! <laughs>